Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. It's the Christmas season. I thought Matthew chapter 1, verse 20b and 21 were tremendous verses. Here, uh, the angel's talking to Joseph and uh, telling him to take Mary um, as his wife, even though she's, she's pregnant with the Lord Jesus. The scripture says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What a great promise, what a great truth, what a great event that happened over 2,000 years ago when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, and Jesus was conceived, he was born of a virgin, he lived a sinless life, his purpose was to go to the cross and die for our sins. He will save his people from their sins. What a great truth. What a great privilege it is to be his children and have our guilt and have our sin taken away. The Bible says that our sins are so far as east is from the west. And so therefore they're not even remembered by God. He's forgotten our sins when we have a right relationship and when we confess our sins to him because he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Of God, oh Mary, did 
Did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? And Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. As you may be aware, this is the oldest Christian broadcast in North America, and we are celebrating by offering you a wonderful uh, booklet uh, by the name of Why the Nativity, written by David Jeremiah. They've made a film about it, and it's going to be a tremendous thing that's going to be shown over the Christmas holidays. And I highly recommend that you would find that on your TV set and watch it because it's, a, it's going to be a very biblically sound and a great blessing to you as you see different aspects of how Christ came during the Christmas season. You can get your copy of Why the Nativity, which is a booklet that has 20, answers 25 questions about Christmas, and I found it to be very insightful. So write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. And I trust that you'll continue to remember us during this Christmas season and be sure to pray that the gospel go out and many people will come to know Jesus Christ personally during this wonderful time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year to celebrate Christ's birth.
Today's message is from the Honorable Ernest C. Manning and is entitled, Faith Once Delivered. I know that you enjoy this message very much. Printed copies are available upon request. Today we begin a new series of talks entitled, The Faith Which Was Once Delivered Unto the Saints. Those of you familiar with your Bibles will at once recognize that this title is taken from the third verse of the book of Jude, which reads, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Jude was one of the four sons born to Mary and Joseph after the miraculous virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Judas and Judah are variations of the name Jude. In fact, the derivative Judah is used instead of Jude in Mark 6.3, where the scribes, questioning Christ's supernatural wisdom and power, said, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? They, of course, believe that Joseph, Mary's husband, was also the father of Jesus, rejecting the fact that he was conceived by the Holy Ghost and was therefore literally the Son of God. Because Mary was the mother of both Jesus and Jude and his brothers and sisters, they were half-brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. Jude, recognizing that this was of no significance in comparison to the deity of Christ, does not even mention their relationship through Mary, but refers to himself only as the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, who was much more widely known in the early church than Jude. Jude, in his deep desire to see the early Jewish Christians gain a deeper understanding of what he referred to as the common salvation, applied himself diligently to the preparation of an epistle with that objective. But his intentions were set aside when the Holy Spirit directed him instead to address to the believers a strongly worded letter, exhorting them that they should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. The faith once delivered is, of course, God's written revelation of eternal truth, which we know today as the inspired books of the Old and New Testaments, or, in other words, the Bible. God willing, what I propose to do in this new series of talks is examine into the great fundamental doctrines which are the highlights of the faith which God, by the Holy Spirit, delivered unto the saints when he caused holy men of God to speak and write the inspired scriptures, not as they chose, but as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Because God so moved to put into the possession of finite men a word-perfect revelation of his absolute and eternal truth that's forever settled in heaven, he could and does say of his finished work, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. For the prophecy, or revelation, came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake 
as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That is the source from which and the means by which there came into our possession in written form what Jude speaks of as the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. The great highlights of that faith once delivered that I'd like to examine with you for the next several weeks include such all-important matters as the divine verbal inspiration and preservation of the infallible scriptures, the deity of Jesus Christ, the role of Christ's blood atonement in the reconciliation of men and women to God, Christ's literal bodily resurrection from the dead, his literal bodily ascension after his resurrection, the revelation of the gospel of grace to the apostle Paul, the mystical body of Christ or universal church, the translation of the saints at the end of this church age, the literal future personal return of Jesus Christ to this earth to take over the management of world affairs, the literal future resurrection of the dead of all ages and their status in eternity, the coming future judgments of believers in Christ, the nations of this earth and the unbelieving dead, the coming kingdom of heaven on this earth, and finally the promised new heaven and new earth wherein there will be nothing that offends and which will continue forever. Now that's a pretty formidable list of highlights, but every one of them is important to you and to your loved ones and friends because it is your knowledge of and reaction to these great eternal truths that determines your attitude to the Bible, to God himself, and to his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Your attitude in turn influences your response to what God asks you to believe and what he asks you to do for your own good both here and in the world to come. An examination into these great revealed truths is not a theoretical religious exercise, but an intelligent and realistic act on the part of those wise enough to be interested in and concerned about their relationship with God and their eternal destiny. I hope you'll join us each week by your radio, and I hope you'll encourage your friends and acquaintances to listen. Some of you may wish to obtain the talks in manuscript form or on cassettes for group study and discussion. Manuscripts of the talks are available free of charge and postpaid on request. The talks will be available on cassettes at cost when the series is completed. Do let us hear from you if you're interested. Next week, God willing, We'll deal with the divine verbal inspiration and preservation of the infallible scriptures. Did God give a perfect written revelation of his eternal truth to mankind at some point in time past? And if so, has he preserved that perfect revelation down through the centuries to this present time? In other words, do we today have a word-perfect translation of the Bible which we can say with absolute confidence is the verbally inspired, divinely preserved, infallible and inerrant Word of God. As a preliminary to our examination 
into what the scriptures affirm regarding all these great cardinal doctrines of the faith which was once delivered. May I ask you to take note of what the scriptures themselves say is the key to an intelligent understanding and acceptance of the Bible. I direct your attention to two significant statements. The first is in 1 Corinthians 2.14 and reads, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The second is also in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. One of the things of the Spirit of God referred to in the first of these passages is the preparation of the written revelation of divine eternal truth, which Jude calls the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. The scriptures themselves and the human writers involved stress repeatedly that the Holy Spirit of God was the author of all scripture. Throughout the Old Testament, you find the human writers making statements like that recorded of King David of Israel in 2 Samuel 23.2 where he says, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. Isaiah 51.16 records God saying to the prophet, I have put my words in thy mouth. Moses prefaced numerous of his recorded statements with the words, Thus saith the Lord, thereby disclaiming the authorship of what he wrote. Even the Lord Jesus, though he was the Son of God, stressed that he conveyed the truth of God to mankind, not in his own words, but in words selected by his Father and given to him to speak. An example is his prayer to God his Father and on the last evening he spent with his disciples before his betrayal and crucifixion. In John 17, beginning at verse 6, he said in his prayer, I have manifest thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee, for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them. You see, God himself is the author of all revealed spiritual truth. The Holy Spirit of God is the divine agent who moved holy men of God to speak and record the words of God in written form. He, in that sense, is the author of all scripture. But the natural man that is, the person who has not been spiritually reborn by that same Holy Spirit, cannot understand the things of the Spirit. Assessed only from the perception of his secular mind, they appear foolishness to him. The reason is the fundamental difference between the realm of the flesh and the realm of the Spirit. 
When Christ spoke to the Jewish religious leader Nicodemus about the necessity of being spiritually reborn, Nicodemus demonstrated his inability to comprehend what Christ was talking about by his reply. How can these things be? How can a man be born when he is old? And Christ replied, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Your natural mind, Nicodemus, born of the flesh, cannot comprehend the things of the spirit. Those things can be comprehended only by a mind regenerated by a spiritual new birth. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. It is only when a man is spiritually reborn of the Holy Spirit that he acquires the capacity to appreciate and understand the things of the Spirit. This is why a spiritual new birth is the first requisite of those who desire to know and understand the truth of God recorded in the inspired scriptures. The authorship of those scriptures is one of the Holy Spirit's greatest works. To understand them, you need to make the personal acquaintance of their divine author. The Holy Spirit who authored the scriptures is the same Holy Spirit who brings about the spiritual new birth of those who respond to the gospel by receiving Jesus Christ into their lives as their personal Savior and Lord. Apart from the illumination of the Holy Spirit, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Once you receive Christ as your personal Savior, and the Holy Spirit takes up His abode within you, He gives you a spiritual enlightenment and understanding that enables you to see the death of Christ on the cross in your place as the greatest of all manifestations of the power of God to save to the uttermost all who believe and in simple faith respond to the good news of the gospel. If the Bible seems to you a closed book that you cannot understand, it may well be because you're trying to comprehend it with your natural mind alone you may be experiencing precisely what the scriptures say you will experience, namely, that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. If that is your problem, why don't you take that wise and all-important step that results in you acquiring a new spiritual nature born of God that has the capacity to understand and delight in the things of God, including the inspired scriptures, which were authored by the Holy Spirit, and therefore are the one inerrant revelation of eternal truth that this world possesses. My friend, God loves you. That's why Jesus Christ, his Son, died for your sins on the cross, that you might be freed from sin's penalty, reconciled to God for all eternity. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. 
Won't you open your heart and life to Jesus Christ today and invite him in to be your personal Savior and Lord? If you will, he will not only forgive your sins and give you the priceless gift of eternal life, he will also give you a regenerated mind that will enable you to comprehend and appreciate the inspired scriptures in a way impossible to the natural mind. May God bless you. Here at Cannes National Bible Hour, we're very concerned about the spiritual well-being of those who do listen in, and we're thankful for those who are growing in their faith by listening to our messages, but also we're concerned about those who may not have a personal relationship with the God of the universe. But Jesus so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So the Lord Jesus carried out the Father's will. And he went to the cross, and on that cross he bore your sin in his own body as he hung on the tree. The anger that God has towards your sin and your wrongdoing and your wrong thoughts and your wrong deeds were put on Jesus Christ. And he died there for you. And he was buried, but he rose again on the third day, and he's alive, and he's uh, ruling the world according to the word of God. And so we ask you to put your faith, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. If you trust him for salvation, uh, the Bible teaches you'll be a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Don't forget to order your copy of David Jeremiah's Why the Nativity. This is a wonderful booklet. It will bless you. Please write and get a copy of it. You can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also visit with us at our website at www.missiongo.org. And you can get past uh, broadcasts of Canada's National Bible Hour. You may be aware that we now have a 24-7 Christian radio broadcast that is an internet radio broadcast that you can get on our website. And so if you go to M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O, missiongo-radio.org, please continue to remember us in your prayers, and don't forget to write in and get your copy of Why the Nativity. I trust that you'll have a Christ-centered Christmas and a Spirit-filled experience throughout the new year. And may the Lord bless you.